Good af- is it afternoon? It's afternoon. How are it, you, my friend? It is good afternoon today. It's good to see you. Good to hang out with you again. I've been here a little while today, so yeah. we've had a chance to interact here and there. What's new? How's your day going? Uh, it's it's going. Uh, you know, just to, just to be real, we always want to be that, right? Mm. So uh, working on health insurance stuff, and you know that will that will bless your heart. I mean, uh, that's I you know it. just a just a wonderful thing. Yeah, I look forward to that every year, <laughs> looking at that stuff. It's a highlight. I've got a coffee today. I see you brought your uh, Mech Cafe. Yeah, heated over. Yeah, Ian. By the way, I want to take a minute. So I told Ian earlier today that I didn't really intend to hoodwink him into this, but I want everybody, the couple of people that might listen to this podcast, (laughs) to understand it would not sound like this if Ian didn't step up and help us with this. You're just saying that because yesterday he said your voice was easier to (laughs) fix than mine. So now you're buttering him up. Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Every chance I get. Uh But I did. I really wanted to thank Ian. This sounds way better than it probably should. And it's because of Ian uh, coming and helping us every week. So absolutely want to thank him. Thank you, young man. Uh, That's That's a thumbs up though. You can't see it. (laughs) All right, so we got coffee. The weather outside's frightful. Yes, it's chilly today. We're here, hang out, talk a little bit. And uh, I believe we decided we're going to talk about the church, Jesus' church, maybe. Sounds like a good subject. I, I like it. I do, I do too. We, you know, we always talk for those who, both of you who are listening. We always talk a little bit before before we get together. And, you know, we, we want this to be conversational, open, uh, off the cuff, not totally off the cuff, but not uh, planned like lectures or anything like that. We want to have uh, a conversation. And certainly in our context, there's nothing better to talk about than the church. So as we proceed with this, uh, don't expect a theological treatise or perfection, just, you know, two dead men talking. Yep. And as a reminder, we call it that because we are dead to the world, dead to ourselves, alive to Jesus Christ. And we desire to speak and to talk in uh, in ways and about subjects that bring him glory. Yeah. I uh, finally got stuff published, and we may change this, but one of the things I put in there that described our podcast is, is just we're a couple of guys that talk about faith, culture and current events from a biblical worldview. So uh, certainly the life of the church and what the church is and maybe even where we're at. I don't know what we're going to go with that today, but uh, Jesus obviously loves his church. Yes, he does. And, and you're right. I mean, there, there's always a call to speak of that and to clarify what it is that we mean. Uh, in our current modern era and in the era of COVID, uh, and what that right, how that's going to impact the church, uh, not only right now but in the future, those are things worth talking about. So we'll just kind of dive in and and see where All it right. goes. So I'm going to define church. Right, church is like this building we come to, like to sing songs and pray. Right, 
Yeah, it, it, exactly. Uh, you know, and it can be a storefront or it can be a big cathedral or it can be a, a movie theater or it can be a, a barn or it can be. But, yeah, it's definitely the building. The building is what it's all about. <laughs> Why not start with sarcasm, right? Yeah, right. Uh, certainly that's not it. And, and and we know that. And probably most of the people that will listen to this will. But uh, just to kind of get a running start at it, the church is about fellowship. First of all, fellowship with God. Uh, Jesus says the church is his bride. What an incredible picture of a love relationship. So the church exists. Um, many, many reasons we can talk about in people's minds and experience, but the church exists to demonstrate the love relationship that Jesus Christ has for his people, his bride, that he loved so much that he sacrificed and died for that we might have life and be made a beautiful thing that is presentable to him, that is desirable to him as a wife should be uh, for, for the greatest bridegroom of all eternity. And the church, in its turn, is to submit to the authority of the of the groom. And in that, that beautiful relationship, uh, the world can see a little bit about who God is. So it's the fellowship that the individual has with Jesus Christ and that the collective group that comes together as God draws them together has with Jesus Christ, and then the fellowship that they ultimately have with each other. So there's all of those elements, but it is about a gathering, a relationship, a fellowship. And again, sarcastically, you know, we, we always point out that it's not about the building that you come to, but it is about the building that God is making in hearts and lives that he has put together. So um, so not only is it, by the way, let me just go ahead and get this out of the way. I'm grateful for the building God's given us, but that's not who we are. Right. This is where we meet. Right. But it's it's a fabulous place. I, I dig the feel of it it's, and the yeah. stained glass windows and the history of it and all that, but that shouldn't define who we are. Right. Correct? Right. Um, but... So not only is the church about our relationship with Jesus, who we, the, the church, the universal church, his people, he's, uh, we're the bride of Christ and we're to submit to him, but we're also to uh, love one another, come together as a community, um, Right. There is there is a connection that we are to have with each other. And, you know, in a minute, I'll kind of run through. Uh, there's some C's, not that I'm a preacher that always alliterates, but there's some C's that we'll go through that, that, that talk of that. But absolutely, that that is a missed element. And maybe I'll get ahead of myself to say, since you brought that up. We have this idea of church in our context as a consumer thing. So I'm going to go to, I'm going to consume the place that provides a good that I think uh, is suitable for me or desirable to me. Uh, that pushes the idea of relationship to the side. The, the heart of it is that we are to have a relationship. Now, a relationship means that there are privileges, in other words, I have access to someone I have a relationship with that I don't have to everybody else, but there's also responsibility. And so it's not the church then in the aspect of fellowship is not about what I can get out of it. It's the idea that I have this mutual relationship of love 
that says something to God, that says something to my fellow man, and that I realize that I not only have the incredible privilege of being able to experience, but I have a responsibility of fellowship and relationship that goes with that as well. Um, well, that's good. And, and two, if, uh, so sometimes I might jump ahead. So feel free to, to, to back up if I get a, get ahead of where we want to go. But, um, so the church is about our, not just getting our needs met, but it's about also, um, contributing to the community, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, so how do we do that? So what do we, we as individuals identify areas of opportunity or is it more of finding what you're passionate about and, or is it just simply loving your, your family? Yes. But, but when I love my family and we've, now I get confused what we've talked about in a podcast and what I've spoken about in a sermon. But when when we love, what I desire is better. We did talk about this in a podcast. Yeah. Uh, it, what I desire is better for someone else than whatever their station is, and particularly better in their relationship with Christ, but better in any way because I love them and I want them to be better. So let's say, let's think of it this way, kind of symbolically, I walk into a church uh, the building, yes, but the the church, the the gathering of people being called out of the world, and, and yes, the church is a called out, the ecclesia, the called out ones, but they're the gathered ones, and so to be gathered together, and I think of it in these terms, not am I glad to be here? Am I going to enjoy this? Is the is everybody going to treat me and relate to me the way that I think they should? Uh, you know, what kind of feeling am I going to walk away with? When I come into that building, my thought ought to be, how can I edify somebody else? Right. Uh, now, in that context, it's not the only thing about the church, and we'll talk about that too, but the, the aspect of, of fellowship I'm thinking that I come to serve before I think come to be served. And I want to be with these people because I love these people. I love these people because Jesus first loved me. And so because he first loved me, he has built the automatic connectors into all of us as the church that he will gather together. Yeah. Um, gosh, is it in, uh, I probably shouldn't have even started down this path. There's a verse in Ephesians that talks about when we gather. Isn't that in Ephesians? I don't know. Yes, um, there are. <laughs> I don't know which one you're talking about, but yeah, certainly. I mean, the whole section in five that we talk about with, with marriage uh, and the pictures of all of that. But yeah, yeah we, we are to love each other and to fellowship. A second part of what the, oh, did you have something you were going to add to that? Well, well, I was just going to say so many, I know I have, so I won't talk, I won't, I won't talk about others. Let, let's talk about my heart. I know there've been times in my life where my heart wasn't right as far as, uh, how I viewed church. And so I don't think that's uncommon for people in our current culture to have this consumerism mentality when it comes to church. So we got to find a church that, that you know, scratches my itch, yeah. right, just right, um, whether that's, you know, the look of it, the feel of it, the vibe of it, how, you know, yeah. the music, the whatever. 
uh, that's really common in our culture right now, right? Sure. I'm not saying different kind of. So you had mentioned we were sarcastically talking about the true genuine church. If they got a barn, God's given them a barn to meet in, then that's wonderful, right? So that there's no or a storefront or a over a hundred year old building, whatever it is, that's the place that God's given them to meet and gather. There's nothing wrong with any of those. So I'm not saying, but but when we feel like we've got to have a particular there's something wrong with that, right? Yeah. When we approach it that this has got a again, the style of this building, the style of the music, whatever's got to scratch my itch yeah. for me to be a part of it. That's a problem. Yeah, it's it's consumerism, but it's also populism. I mean, we're and I guess I'm throwing together another term out of the air, but I'll explain what <laughs> Are I you mean. Making up words. I, I like to make up words, but <laughs> yeah. but here's what I mean by that: the idea that the way to reach people, and and by the way, churches, what in the world can we not do if we justify it by saying I'm doing this in order to reach people? Right. You know, so so what number of, of heresy, lunacy, and just pure under that banner heresy has been floated along and, and justified under that banner. But by populism, I mean a way of thinking about church in in seeing the more successful a church is, the more popular it is. Or basically the other way around. I I, I want it to be popular. If it attracts people, then therefore it is successful. Uh, and whether or not they've been won to the genuine biblical gospel has really been cast aside. And if you dare bring that up, then you're either projecting sour grapes or you're, or you're uh, being unfair or unchristian or unkind. But you have this idea of let's find out what's popular. You know, I don't mind naming names. Rick Warren famously did that. He went around the area and he asked non-churchgoers, what they would like in a church. He went back and made a church like that, and then they all started coming. Now, I'm not going to make a judgment on whether or not once they right. started coming, they truly came to Christ. That's probably for another podcast. Uh, but I'm not going to back away from the uh, from the reality either about how dangerous that is. Yeah. And, and so, you know, you, you have this idea that they come because it's popular, and then you're going to, at best, you're going to bait and switch them. So right. now you've made, you've put on this show, you've car, you've dressed everything in this message that a popular world, here's the problem. You're asking people that are disconnected from God and from church, what church should be like. And then, and, and here's the thing. There's many, many Rick Warrens that didn't go door to door and ask. They just looked to see what was working in other places, and they modeled after that because it would draw a crowd. So now you draw a crowd, and they say, well, okay, so that's that's all right. That's a good way to do it because look how many people are here. So the problem then becomes, well, you've drawn them based upon what they want, and now you expect me to believe that what you're going to tell them is, is that the, the source of all their problems is them seeking what they want. 
<laughs> and so, and so right. now, oh, oh, by the way, we've made a church to look, feel, and sound, and and make you comfortable with every all of that. By the way, if you really want to know this Jesus, you've got to completely die to yourself. Right. We but everything to, has been about <laughs> yourself. But now I'm going to tell you, you have to die to yourself. Abandon all of them. And and the you know the the cognitive yeah. dissonance in that. So okay, so now. But let's look at the other level in, in regard to fellowship. So now everybody's coming to church because they come to a church that gives them what they want. Is is that me focusing on fellowship or is that me focusing on... And by the way, that can be with a, an electric guitar or a hundred-person choir. Uh, it, the, 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 that form of it doesn't matter. You, you can right. go for entertainment. Because because the church provides music that's a four-part harmony quartet, and that's the kind of music you love, and you're entertained by that, so that's why you go. In any of that, the heart of fellowship, I, I'm here for God. Not wonder what kind of music they're going to play today. I wonder what kind of message the pastor's going to give in, in, as far as a, a, an exercise in communication. Uh, is that going to be something I like? Is that going to be something that, gives me pleasure? Is that going to be something that fulfills me? Instead of coming in, hey, I want to fellowship with God. I want to hear what he has to say. I wonder what God thinks about this. I wonder if God likes this. And then secondly, how can my life touch those that are going to be around me? How can I serve others instead of how can I be served in this whatever? Yeah. And and let me just uh, add so because because we've kind of touched we haven't really talked about it but we've talked about styles of service and yeah. that kind of thing and I'm kind of a sermon nerd I like to in my spare time I like to listen to sermons and watch services of other churches and stuff so there's some really some of my favorite uh, preachers and their churches are very different some of them sure play organ, piano, organ, orchestra music, you know, predominantly hymnal uh, stuff. And then there's some that I like that are very more what I would say uh, modern, whatever. I don't know what term, but, you know, guitars, you know, more less hymns, more uh, worship stuff. So none of that in and of itself is right or wrong. But how we, uh, you know, if we're closed-minded to whatever it is, we're we're approaching church from a selfish mindset. I think that's what you were pretty much just saying, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, the the method or the means of the of communication of both the message and the fellowship. And the celebration, or however you want to put that together, yeah. uh, is is not important except for when it becomes the draw. Yeah, if that becomes the focus. Now, again, you get very subjective. How do you dig into somebody's motives, and how do you ever, how do you ever do that? But I think a lot of that will be based upon their response to the word. Uh, a second part of the church is that you know it kind of it's a place for fellowship, but it's also uh, kind of a mix between a university and a boot camp. 
there is the Word of God you mentioned preaching, and I know that's because I know you, and that's where you're headed, the idea of preaching what God has to say from the Word, uh, expositorily, either through a book or at least completely through a passage, letting God's Word say what God's Word says. And the re- and by the way, that also means not dodging the more difficult subjects. Yeah. Uh, you know, I can let God's word say what God's word says, and I can leave, I can omit a whole lot uh, that creates the same kind of scenario. Now, I believe, and I would say we all believe here, that the word has not been preached at all, really, in that instance. It's only been approached, but it hasn't been preached because the difficulty of it, the convicting portions of it, have been removed. So the church is to be a university. The the Word of God is how we know how to relate to Him. God said in His Word, this is who I am, and this is how you can love me. I've used this illustration several times. You know, husbands, wouldn't it be awesome if when you got married, uh, your bride's father would hand over to you a notebook that says, here, this is how you can love her. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, how much uh, heartache that would have saved us uh, and the lessons that we have to learn along the way. And the same thing, by the way, for ladies coming our direction. But God's done that. He has given us a book that tells us who he is, his character. It reveals to us how he loves us, and it tells us how we can love him. And so we have in church this incredible university uh, where the word of God is to be preached directly from its text and context and to let the truth free so that it can bring conviction, uh, confirmation, celebrate all of that that happens with the Word of God being preached. And, and so it's that, that Word then is preparing us to go out into the world and to carry the message of Jesus Christ. So you have this incredible fellowship that people come together based on love. Uh, I am coming with a focus on God first. I want, I want Him to be pleased. Right. And then I want to see how I can serve others. In that context, I'm also learning. I, I come to gather around the Word. The Word and preaching is central. I, I know it sounds self-serving for a preacher to say that, but the Word is central. Uh, the Word that is going out from the Scripture so that there is bodybuilding going on in the church. Those things cause us to love God more and to love each other more. And then a sound music ministry that is based upon Scripture and that and that supports Scripture and points people not just to an emotional experience, so there's nothing wrong with emotions. Correct. But even in the emotions to point them toward real biblical truth. Yeah. So we gather, uh, we gather at this thing we call the church, and I'm talking about the genuine church. We gather as a body uh, to honor God, to worship Him, and we do that different ways. But um, we come to edify and encourage one another and to, uh, you know, life is full of suffering. You know, just rough things happen in our lives. And so God's put placed us together to minister to one another, to love one another, to encourage one another, always ultimately with the goal of honoring and knowing God. Yeah, exactly. Um, And where it gets sticky is that everybody that goes to any kind of church pretty much 
except some of the more radical examples, would nod and say, yes, we agree. Yeah. We do the same thing that you do. And, and that's where it becomes difficult to explain to people where we're coming from. I have heard, uh, you know, over the years, my emphasis in seminary was preaching. So hundreds and hundreds of sermons and different sermon types. And it's amazing to hear some of the things that are out there. And then people will hear those and go, that was biblical preaching. That was the word of God. Now, there was very little of anything coming from Scripture. There was maybe, you know, like so many devotionals out there on the market, not even a whole verse, four words in a verse, and then three paragraphs of devotional thought. And people say, oh, what a wonderful, powerful message. Well, maybe it was. But man, it gets awfully iffy when there's way more from man. Yeah. And from man seeking to apply it, then there is actually what it's saying. Yeah. Well, you know, and I I lead worship here at Stock Creek. And so one of the things I try, I don't know, I'm always, there's a lot of really great music out there, but there's not, there's a lot of really great music that's got a really, not a really great message. So I try to be responsible in what we sing, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of we're not going to talk about specific stuff, but there's there's a, a lot of garbage worship music out there that sounds really good. We try to avoid that. I'm not perfect, but uh, I guess the point is. So let me ask you a question. So we've talked about it. We've danced around what I'd call authentic worship. So that's what Jesus wants, right? He wants mm-hmm. us to gather together uh, with a a pure, unselfish heart to seek him, love one another. But part of that seeking him is, is worship, authentic worship. That's talking about authentic preaching, uh, the Bible as it was written, original intent, what God wrote, right? Uh, honor him with our singing, seek him, perhaps maybe even get emotionally involved, right? That's okay. That's a good thing. Oh, I mean, I sit and think, how's it impossible to not get emotionally involved in a worship service after when we sit and think about how much God's loved us and everything he's done for us? So those things are natural. Here's my question. Some of the stuff we've talked about is is churches, people that maybe seek with a unpure heart, they're again they're coming with a selfish motivation to a worship service. Maybe a message is being preached with, uh, you know, not true biblical preaching. Kind of you touched on. Maybe we just sing music, not necessarily that lines up with the Bible, but man, it'll move us emotionally. So that seems to me like not authentic worship. So you got, we've got this thing we call authentic worship, non-authentic worship. I don't, I'm not making judgments about anything, but we'd be silly not to, to believe that exists. Right. So here's my question. Is that sustainable? You mean authentic worship? 
Well, is unauthentic worship sustainable? Because here's my here's my question. I've used this phrase with you before. I think Christianity is a really bad hobby. That sounds like a hobby to me. With somebody, why why go to a church when it's not authentic worship? Is that sustainable? I mean, if if I'm not growing in my knowledge and my understanding and my relationship with God, what's the point? Well, the point for Lost Man is that what they're seeking, they are not seeking transformation. They're seeking affirmation. And so when they go to a church that uh, or a, a gathering called a church, that um, they, first of all, it's a free show. You know, if you've got excellent music and you've got, you know, two or three songs that it could be a love song to your lover or it could be to Jesus Christ and and it's all lights and camera and there's all this and it's I mean it's a good That's a show. Good show, right? Excellent musicians, excellent voices, uh, a mood, a good great staging, all of that, you've got a great show and then a message comes along where a person reads a little bit, just enough from Scripture so that they can say, oh, uh, this is what God has to say to me, and then the message proceeds to affirm them as they are, then there is a huge draw. I mean, how long has Joel Osteen's church been in existence? I mean, and, yeah. and many others like that. I mean, yeah. there is a huge draw for that because I am. Uh, they I, are not yeah. seeking to be transformed. They're seeking to be affirmed as they are. But before we cast too many stones... Yeah, uh, at the Joel Osteens of the world and the Joyce Myers of the world, there's plenty of people sitting in quote conservative Southern Baptist churches that the message is the exact same thing as that. It's just camouflaged a little better. Yeah. Yeah. It's camouflaged in the guise of conservatism and a genuine conviction about the word. But when you listen practically to what's coming out of it, it's the same message. Hey, you want more? You want uh, better relationships? You want better finances? You want this? Try Jesus. You know he's what is the what is your problem? Jesus is the answer. Well, you know I cut my hand open a can of pork and beans. Is Jesus the answer to that? <laughs> You know, I mean, obviously that's a ridiculous example, no. right? But yeah. I mean, so uh, what? It, that that's not the point. The point in me being in church is that I have been created as a radically different creature who is losing my affections for the things of the world, growing in my affection for God, learning to live out this new life as a brand new creature. But in those contexts, they're saying... Hey, Jesus is about your best life now. That's easy. That's too easy. It's low. <laughs> but 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 again, not to just kind of use that low hanging fruit example. In many churches, you know, I've we've all heard it, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's all about Jesus. Now uh, you got this problem. Well, you know, why don't you try Jesus? Give just give Jesus a little try. Well, that's that's not Christianity. That explains why so many churches are the way they are. But there's a huge draw for that. People yeah. love that. Yeah. The church is supposed to be not only a place where you learn the truth, it's also supposed to be a repository, I mean, uh, the protector of truth and of doctrine. And if I never preach doctrine, if I never share truth, if I don't hold people to account for what the Word of God says, uh, a message should lovingly say, here is the truth of the Word of God. Here is how in our contemporary context, we often miss that. 
And now here's the reality, dear loved one. You either conform to this word or you are in sin. Mm. Not, well, you know, there's some folks out there that we're all human and we all mess up, if they even get around to that. And you say, well, that sounds very, very negative. No, it's not. You know, if the doctor goes in and says, you've got a, a cancer, here is the cure to that cancer. Now, you either submit to this cure or keep your cancer. Well, but I'm not going to I'm not going to tell you, oh by the way, you've got this cancer, here's the cure so now your cancer's gone. Right. Uh, but they don't even say what the cure is. Well, well, and here's here's my thought in that. So how much does the doctor have to hate the patient to have the cure and or or know the illness? And be able to offer the cure, right? So the patient's probably not going to, if you just walk, we've heard this. This is not original, by the way. This is uh, Living Waters. I've heard this from him. But if you walk up to a guy on the street and you just say, hey, hey, I got a pill that'll cure your cancer. He's going to be like, what are you talking about? I don't have cancer. You got to identify the the illness, the sickness, right? So if you're too... uh, you know, if you don't want to offend someone, and I'm talking about from a church yeah. context, to tell them about the sin, yeah. but here's the answer, right? Yeah. Is it, that ultimately where we want to go with this? Is that a good place to? Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, we wanted to just have a talk, and there's all kinds of different ways we can take that. You know, um, yes, and and maybe kind of the vein that we're flowing along now. The idea using that, uh, I guess it is a kind of worn idea of the doctor and cancer, but you can think of it like this. Chemotherapy, radiation therapy, those are difficult things. Uh, they literally uh, burn things out of us. There, uh, there are changes that are made to the body uh, to bring about the cure. So if you have someone, let's say... Um, they go to the doctor, and the doctor says, you have cancer. Here's the cure. It's going to be, you know, six rounds of chemotherapy. Um, everybody knows what that means, the, the difficulty of that, the battle that's going to go on. And so the person says, well, you know, that doesn't sound very pleasurable. That doesn't sound, that sounds very difficult. Let me go get another opinion. So they go next door to the doctor next door. And the doctor next door says, oh, did that doctor tell you that you were going to have to do chemotherapy and suffer and be sick and, and and go through all of that? I mean, to feel that pain, to experience that. Did that doctor tell you? He doesn't know what he's talking about. He's hateful. He's mean. He doesn't care about you. Here's a little orange pill and a glass of Kool-Aid. Dr- swallow this little orange pill with this glass of Kool-Aid and come back every week and, you know, Whatever you can pay for this, you can pay. And you come back every week. We'll have great music playing in the waiting room. we got several TVs, you know, like at a sports bar. You can come and settle in and watch and just relax. And, you know, we can have a conversation. You take your little orange pill, drink your Kool-Aid, and, and you'll be just fine. Don't listen to that old hateful person that says there's going to be this, this painful transition. Well, what happens? Well, that person's going to die. 
And that's what's happening eternally. Here's the little orange pill. Here's the Kool-Aid. Drink this. Isn't it, didn't it taste good? That, that mean old person that tells you about what a sinner you are and, and, and how radical a surrender salvation really is, that you really have to, in biblical language, die to yourself, completely surrender everything that you are. We don't need to. That, that's too negative. You need to talk about the, the positives. You know, and again, there's a place we certainly should exalt the goodness of Jesus Christ. There is no better life than the Christian life, but it's a replacement of what we used to love. The things that we used to love, we now hate. The things that we used to uh, not have a taste for or literally hate, now we're drawn to them. We love them. And the fellowship that we want to have with other believers, we we, we are yearning toward a different crowd. Uh, our aspirations have changed. They're on a different level. All those things. Why? Because we have been engaged with the truth, and the truth hurts. I have to realize that I'm a sinner. I'm a rebel. I'm broken. Uh, I am a wretched thing before the face of God. And the fact that He would love me in spite of my ugliness, I have to own that. And that's painful. I don't, yeah. don't want to own that. I'd rather have somebody play, you know, four bars of a hip-hoppy kind of song and have some guy walk out and tell me that it doesn't matter what I'm like. Jesus is going to make my life great right now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so so every week I come in and out of that. And before you know it, I've lived a certain life, again, to use a living waters phrase, but it's, it was not original with them either, inoculated to some degree against the truth. Yeah. When it's the truth that saves me. So I realize this wretchedness and I see suddenly as I realize that the incredible beauty of Jesus and how he came to save me and what he does then to bring true joy, true happiness, true peace into my heart, not that kind of facade that exists out there. And not only uh, that, but also to offer us true community, true family, true togetherness in this body, this thing we call the church, yeah. right? Exactly. We got a lot of different places we can go. There might be more conversations uh, down the road here, but uh, I certainly enjoyed talking today. Yeah. This was encouraging to me. I hope it's encouraging to to others who might listen. Yeah, I'm going to add one thing to it before yeah. we sign off. Uh, you mentioned and you were talking earlier about the concept of worship. I just want to say this one thing about worship and we can revisit it. Worship <laughs> is a reflexive action, reflecting toward coming in contact with the truth. And what we find so often is kind of like a Pavlovian kind of response. So there's this, I hear this certain kind of music. It causes a certain response in me. And so, therefore, I either tear up or I smile or I raise my hand or I sit down quietly. And so I have, out of habit and out of training, behavioral modification, I have this Pavlovian response. Yeah. Sometimes it's tied to a sentimental feeling of the past. Sometimes it's tied to a lot of different things. But worship is coming in contact with the true picture of Christ and then reflexively I bow down or I respond or I celebrate or I shout or I cry or I sing. And it's, it's not because I am having this Pavlovian behavioral response towards something that I've done in the past. It is an encounter 
with the reality of God as he is. Yeah. We can revisit that. Yeah, I think we should at some point. I don't know if it'll be the next episode, but I'd, I would love to. You know, I'm a little passionate about worship. so Absolutely. Uh, that'd be a great conversation. Well, I sure love you. Great you, hanging out with you. Ian, great hanging out with you, my friend. We love need to get you. Ian a mic, don't we? Yes, we do. Maybe we'll, we'll do have that to do next that. Time. So, uh, all right. Love you guys. Uh, we're going to conclude this episode of Dead Men Talking. And we'll see you next time. 